0: People of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet.
1: Fanboy Plan planet. Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a trekking. Eh. Sit back and watch as the Uber Geek goes and kicks it up, but not. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd overdrive. I will always survive. Fanboy, baby. Oh, so
2: alive, listen and up, fanboy. Fanboy Planet Podcast. And
3: here is your host, Derek McCall. That is
2: that is beautiful. That's That's like such a
0: that's like a big
3: mashup Tiffany has
0: changed you. You are uh like live at the Met here tonight with uh you know it's like you are broadcast. That is of course Nathan Costa. Uh, this is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. You did say my favorite part, which is our man in Los Angeles. Well, I'm not going to do that yet. I, I, I'll go back around to introduce. Oh, I see. Uh, and uh, we are podcasting uh, from Seven Stars Bar and Grill, uh, which, of course, once again, the number is on, but it's on Bascom Avenue. And I keep forgetting the numbers, and they've they've lowered the blinds so I can't see them backwards. Like 386. 386A, uh, Bascom Avenue in San Jose, California. Absolutely Wonderful place. Check it out. Uh, with so many people that are envious uh, of, of us being here, uh, not the least of which is, is Nate. So I shall, uh, this is uh, November 6th, Wednesday, when we are podcasting, so that if tomorrow some huge piece of casting news come out comes out and we didn't talk about it tonight, it's because it's tonight, not tomorrow. Anyway, of course, uh, announcing our man in Los Angeles. I love that. I am Nate Gasta. That's right. And to my left, wearing a snappy Iron Man hoodie, Moral Compass and podcast producer... Rick Brett Snyder. That's right. So we got, uh, we got a lot of things going on tonight. First of all, uh, about midway through the podcast, we have an interview, which I conducted last week, with Chris Tallman, who is the s- playing Thunderman on the new Nickelodeon sitcom, The Thundermans, and is also um, kind of an adjunct member of the Work Juice Players, which is the artistic group that I am the most... Uh, enamored of right now because they are the group that
3: puts together the thrilling adventure hour and uh, so we have a conversation with Chris are there any pictures of the Thundermans out yet because the only thing I can find is that picture of the mailbox yes I will find you many pictures because he's posted them all on
0: his Facebook page ah there we go And uh, so we'll find that and uh, we do we got some interesting comics news we got of course some movie news Rick and I on Monday saw Thor The Dark World so for the sake of of uh Nate's uh, not getting, like, driving up here and slapping us tonight. Uh, We will try to be as spoiler-free as possible with that later. Um, And, of course, some TV things, and we promise not to talk. I don't think I put, no, I do not have any Doctor Who news to talk about tonight because I want to have one episode where Nate
3: stays completely alert. I have Doctor Who news, but it's entirely a visual.
0: (laughs) Then don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) No, no, no.
3: I I saw the Sculpey for the head of the action figure. Oh,
0: okay, cool. Um, of the new
3: Peter Capaldi. Okay, so doctor. I want to
0: start. Uh, Let's we'll start with comics news, of course. And and the first first off that I, w- I do want to talk about on a little bit of a bummer note is that again we lost a giant over the weekend. Yep. Uh, who had you know he I gotta say not really passed out of fashion just hadn't really been able to draw uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, Nick Carty, who to me is
3: like. He's an amalgam of all the best of that age of comics. Of the yeah, art- yeah. Artists. And he was,
0: he, like- was, he was a cover artist, like a, a go-to cover artist for DC that Carmine Infantino just loved. But what I say I noted was that really, even before seeing Jim Aparo's work on Aquaman, like yeah. later in Adventure, yeah. it was the early Aquamans was Nick Cardi's artwork. And so uh, I was very familiar with his work from that. And Teen Titans. He really, really determined the look of the Titans.
3: And... Is one of those few artists that made teenagers look like teenagers. He always did the, the big reveal covers with, with a style that nobody's ever been able to capture. I mean, yeah, just a fantastic draftsman. And I, he's one of those artists I like to point to when people
0: think about comics art having been kind of like primitive in the Silver Age, and I, which is wrong, but people yeah. think that. You point to someone like Nick Cardy and it's so,
3: it's so, uh, so perfectly with it if I can say, and... Um, but he did he did do, I'm, I'm thinking back, most of the books that he did were almost like B-list books for the time. He didn't do Batman. Well, no, he did do Batman. He did some Batman, but he did, yeah, he did Aquaman, he did, he did Teen like, Titans, House did of Mystery and Teen Titans. And, Batlash. Uh, and, Champions uh, of the Unknown.
0: And, you know, and I'm not sure... Challenges of the Unknown. Challenges of the Unknown. I, mean, I think that uh, Chris Garcia, who unfortunately couldn't join us tonight, but I'm sure he's just still probably really jet-lagged. Uh, he will
3: be for a couple of years. <laughs>
0: Yes, his beard's still in another time zone. Um, that uh, he was saying, like, uh, Tomahawk. And I don't remember because I, I didn't really read that many original Tomahawks. But uh, I think it's possible. You know, that there might have been some Tomahawks that Nick Carty did. He was one of those, like Joe Kubert, just an all-around, you know, the guy that could draw any any time period, any setting. Just really good, which was great for Teen yeah. Titans because Teen Titans, when <laughs> Bob Haney was writing that book, that thing went all over the place. Yeah. So, yeah. great, great artist, uh, passed away at the age of ninety three, and I think it's interesting. To it's just, a good run. To, it is a great run, uh, but it's it's interesting to see like how the world has changed. And in Facebook, it was I was seeing notifications on Sunday like, oh, he's in a hospital. He does, you know. And they, and I think Marky Vanier said you know, like he's all alone. But I thought in reality he wasn't alone because the entire like, comics community kind of, like, mobilized on Sunday night to be aware and, and spreading the news. Nick's in the hospital, and then he passed away. And, he, you know, he was, he was basically on hospice care and was, was at the end. But, but, yes, probably maybe no family in the room with him at the time, but definitely community aware on Sunday night
3: and absolutely mourning instantaneously, you yeah. know, and out there. And I think that's one it of the... Is, it g- is one of those wonderful, sad things about social media is that we're aware of these things right away, but we honor them right away, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we do it all as a clan.
0: Yes. And uh, so uh,
3: we honor his passing and say, really,
0: there was a... a somebody just did an art of Nick Carty hardcover. Um, might have been Two Morrows that did one a, a couple of years ago. Mm. So if you can find that, totally worth picking up. And definitely picking up a showcase of golden, of the you know original Teen Titans or the showcase of, of Aquaman, which is his work. Just some great stuff. So you, know, you might want to pick that up this week and see what we're talking about. Let's talk about the new. Marvel did something pretty groundbreaking today, although not really. Today? Re- well, um, they did uh, announce, uh, or officially, I think they announced yesterday, but the press release officially went out today, that the next version of Ms. Marvel, because, you know, Carol Danvers became Captain Marvel officially, so this new Ms. Marvel. Oh, Lord. It's a New Jersey Muslim teen, and the writer will be G. Willow Wilson, who is a Muslim-American novelist and comic book writer. She did that Vertigo series, Air, a few years ago. Interesting. Interesting writer, really interesting writer. And so they're really taking, uh, you know, I mean, it's a bold... Granted, I want to say. Granted, we've kind of forgotten because he didn't become that popular. The new Green Lantern. Yeah, I was, was just going to say, what happened to the Muslim also, He's Green still Island. around. He's still around. But is he in any of the books or? He, yeah, I think was he was he he's still he in, in Justice League. Justice uh, League
3: America. I think he's still there. Um, what about that new? Um, and he's Steve, somewhere in the Steve Green, Green Trevor's
0: led group. Uh, I didn't read that last week yet, Argo? so I don't know. It's Argo. It's possible. It's, par- it's possible. So um, we'll see. I think she's a good writer. I read Air. It was a very interesting book. And I think it's just really good to, I mean, you talk about diversity. There it is. You know, a Muslim, a Muslim American woman, uh, a young girl, could be a very interesting viewpoint into, into a part of American culture. A lot of people don't know. Yeah. I'll be very interested to see how it sells. I'll definitely pick it up and I want to, you know, see how it goes. She made her first appearance today in Captain Marvel number 17.
3: Is she a Muslim American? Or is she New Jersey teen? Okay, New Jersey. So,
0: you know, the joke is probably the more controversial part is she's She's from New New Jersey. Jersey. Uh, So we'll see. I love Uh, your accent. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. Um, Marvel also, I, the thing that kind of slipped through is, remember when um, Legendary Pictures, you know, that had co-produced all the uh, the Man of Steel and the Dark Knight trilogy and so forth, and they split this year from Warner? And they, a couple of years ago they started a comic book line. Uh, you know, they, they did, had, they did Holy Terror. They released Frank Miller's book, Holy Terror. Okay. And they released an ongoing series with uh, Simon Bisley art called uh, The Tower Chronicles. And um, apparently they realized that, like you, uh, nobody else noticed that they yeah. did it either. Mm-hmm. So uh, starting next month, they're uh,
3: being distributed by Marvel. It's like Tower Comics. We're the ones that make you nod thoughtfully. Legend, legendary Comics. Legendary Comics. Legendary Sorry, comics. Tower. Yeah. But uh, Tower Chronicles
0: was the title. Right. And now it is being released through Marvel so that it appears uh, clustered in books you want to buy <laughs> <laughs> in the diamond catalog. So uh, kind of interesting that Marvel's taken that step, so we'll see what happens with that. It's not the first time they picked up other imp- you know, imprints, because uh, they had done, the, I think, one of the last versions of the Dabble Brothers. That's how they got the uh, Anita Blake Vampire Hunter uh, books down. Right. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So kind of interesting to, to see. I think I read the first issue of Tower Chronicles. looked really good. And then I just lost track of where it was. So maybe this, you know, if, look, if it boosts sales, and I don't know what the deal is between them and Marvel, but it's interesting that they were a Warner Brothers affiliated company. Now they're with Universal, but they're going through Marvel for distribution. It's interesting. So um, also Dan DiDio over, over there, coming over to Burbank, Dan DiDio has confirmed that there will be next summer will be the, uh, this is just the five years later event to be a month of all the books that flash forward 5 years later and then there'll be a weekly series continuing the DC universe 5 years later. What?
3: I just want that to just settle in, sink in, and what happens happen. 5 years from now? Do we just not get books for a little while? Or we get reprints? We're we to step into a time warp and uh, you know, yeah, 5 years from now when it's the uh, the brand new 52. <laughs> 10 years later. Um. Yeah. Um. Right, five years now, they'll do five. Five years. Five years from now they'll do five yet years another, ago. Yet another revamp. Uh.
0: Yes. Oh no. You thought this was the real universe? No. No. This is the one that's going to be the real universe. Of course. So we'll see what happens there. Earth cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Um. But maybe it's just because I only had one corn dog, I'm still a little hungry. Um. So let's uh let's go through the part of the evening with the comics where we just take. I like saying stacks of three. Nate, did you get to go to Earth 2 today? You're a working man now.
2: No, yeah. Because of work, I was not able to well, go. Well, it's
0: there. sad because actually had you been there at Earth 2, you, you would not be on the podcast. You would be at Earth 2 with J. Michael Straczynski signing his latest Joe's Comics release through Image, which was Protectors Incorporated. Uh, ooh, which like uh, like 10 grand includes a free audio version. Oh, okay. So I'm i I'm, I'm gonna try this one out. Cool. I think ten grand might have creeped me out too much. Uh so but I'll but I'll try this. And did I, you did you
3: listen to no, Ten I Grand? No, I didn't.
0: I was, I was mainly too creepy. I, I love Ten Grand and yeah. the and the latest issue of that came out with a new artist today. But uh, but uh, Joe's Comics is continuing on with Protectors Incorporated joining Ten Grand and Sidekicks as part of his little Joe's comics uh, So, looking forward to reading that today. I did not get a chance to read the books that I want to recommend,
3: but that's never stopped us before. I I, these are not these are noteworthy. I don't think we're recommending any one of these unless we already recommend it.
0: Nah, they're more. you're right. They are more noteworthy.
3: Last week I managed to read all three, so I was able to recommend them. So you know, that's you're right. It's a different situation. Because I left four books on my stack because we both decided it was worth commenting on Earth Two. Being there's a new writer on it this time. Yes. Even though it's got uh, the Batman on which you pointed out it was already in the annual, but um, and the writer is Tom, Tom Taylor,
0: Taylor, which could be metafictional because Tommy Taylor is the hero of the Unwritten. Interesting. So I think he stepped out of Vertigo into, or maybe James Robinson's still writing it, and he took his no, name. No, no, I, of I it. think Tom Taylor is a real person. I. I it's true I've common, heard he's name. made. I've heard he's made convention appearances. Yeah. Yes, and his real name is Harry Potter. So uh, go ahead. So,
3: so my first real book is uh, again, uh, my man crush Jonathan Hickman, uh, God is Dead issue three. Uh, this book, I, disagree I disagree with that with premise. S- so cool. It's not necessarily written for you. No, I'm just kidding. the uh, The idea of these pantheons at war is 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 pretty cool, and they're. It's not. It's not uh, as shallow as it might as you might think. Is uh, it's not the same pantheons at war that you've. There seen is
0: before. no way that a Jonathan Hickman written book is something that I'm going to go. Oh, I've read. It's this pretty before. shallow, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, right, um, exactly. <laughs> you know, because when I think of Hickman, I I think of shallow and easy to read. I
3: think of which way is he going to twist my brain this time?
0: Uh, I, you know, no, I think it's going to have all the complexity of a Spidey Super Stories issue.
3: It's it's kind of funny though. The art I'll, I haven't actually looked at the art in this one, but the art in this has been. Um, yeah, it's 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 not necessarily what I associate with the current crack uh, the current crop of image titles because it's pretty. It's
2: isn't that not an image book? Uh,
3: you're right. It's Avatar. I keep I'm making say, so it's a black and white or color. It's color, but it's it's well that's rare for Avatar. It's so really so it's really vibrant. Um,
0: yeah, for Avatar, that's, that's dang impressive because I like the text of Avatar books. But the art is always, to me, just a little, eh, yeah, it's this okay. Is, this, is, uh, this
3: is actually really really good art. Yeah.
2: Um, hey, guys. Yes, Nate. I just got a text from podcast viewer David Tapia, who
0: should be sitting in
3: front of you. He's wrestling with a mustard uh, container the mustard, right now.
0: Is, the mustard has been difficult this evening. I don't know. I had the same problem. And, and Dave reached the same there's, solution I
3: did.
1: Just take the Dave cap off out. and risk too much mustard.
3: Yes. So what did the That's text right. say?
2: Hi. It said hey. It said, hey, I'm at the podcast. There you go. To which I responded, hi, Dave.
0: And did you say, and Dave, now text him, I'm still there. I'm enjoying a delicious... This, this is great Lisa radio, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so next book. Uh, I was going to throw out there, the, just to, to point out, the next uh, latest issue of East of West, which we, of course, have raved about East of West, but what I really love is... Last issue, number six, he started a new arc. And, you know, I thought that with the first collection, which is now available as a trade for a reasonable price, like under $10 from Image, um, that it was, you know, this driving forward story. Whereas he goes completely left field with this new arc. and And I can see already how it's going to tie into what he'd established in the first. But I really love that he's taking the time to build a world, not just build a story. And so, yeah. uh, Jonathan Hickman again. So we just love Hickman, uh, and of course Nick Dragotta on art. Just the cleanest, coolest. Uh, book.
3: It's like so happy with it. Yeah, book. very lightly toned. Definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, I picked up a reprint book called Shield Origins, which is inclusive of a lot of a number of newer stories that explain the current state of Shield and Nick Fury in particular. The last, uh, it starts with the last issue of Battle Scars. Remember that one, Nate?
2: Battle Scars, yeah. That's how current Nick Fury came about. That's yes. how we
3: find the relationship between Colonel Nick Fury and Staff Sergeant Marcus Johnson, who has the code name Nick Fury, and also has, like his father is missing one eye.
0: Yes, when are they going to do a book that's just called Codename Fury? That could be the Fury family. The Fury Family. Oh my God! Yes, the new Fury FF. Family the book, the good Mons. one. The Fury Family
3: Christmas Special. I totally want it. Totally want it. So this this actually goes all the way back to some uh, uh, some strange tales issues that explain. Wow, what a time to explain LMDs. Yes, yes, that's the last when we one. talk about the shield episode. I'm still going to say I,
0: I don't think that it's an LMD. I, he's know, an LMD. I'll tell you why I don't think so. But and, and Dave Tapio shakes I his I head no. Think so. I think he's agreeing with me. Um, he'll text you what he thinks. Uh, my next thing, and I didn't read it either, but it's just of note is that uh, this uh, Superman action, in Action Comics, Greg Pak has taken over as writer. So I'm going to trust that. But it's the first issue in which Zero Year, Scott Snyder's big Batman epic, is spreading out to other
3: books. So is this taking place back in those days? Yes, yes. Okay. So
0: they're going back to Zero Year. Um, and then, and then spring we're do forward five, five years. Forward. Forward. DC. It's like we DC. can't tell what year it is. It's DC savings time. Uh, so <laughs> they fell back, and we'll see what happens uh so those are my three and, and my last one? one
3: is uh amazing x-men number one if you didn't get a copy of amazing x-men the first time around number one you can get amazing x-men number one now what volume is this of amazing i don't know you're thinking astonishing x-men oh you're right yes
0: i know see you can't even keep track of the adjectives it's amazing it's it's or maybe not it's uncanny. Uh, it should be the Amazing Spider Man. Uh, true. Anyway.
3: But this one. Uh, it does
0: feature Nightcrawler. It's definitely a nod. I look at that cover and I see it's a, a, a nod back to like X-Men, Uncanny X-Men number 165
3: or so with the Bamphs. Yeah. And, you know, so. But uh, it looks like you got North Star in this and uh, Firestorm or great. Firestar. Great. North Star and Firestar.
0: Great. So. All right. So those are definitely not- noteworthy. Uh, Nightcrawler is back from the dead. Yeah. It and starts off finally. with him in heaven. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Finally, I know, you're right. How many years has he been dead, Nate? That's, been, that's a pretty good run for it's death. Like five or six years, mm-hmm. isn't it? Has it been that I long?
2: No. I'm pretty sure. Well, didn't yeah. he die in Messiah Complex?
0: I think so. When was that? Like three years ago?
2: That was a while back. That was when I was actually reading X-Men.
0: That's the problem. No. I no longer reading X-Men. So, we can go to movies, shall we? Uh, last weekend... I up, went to the movies. You did. Last weekend opened up Ender's Game, the hotly contested adaptation of... No, it's the, the adaptation's not hotly contested. No. Uh, of the controversial sci-fi author Orson Scott Card. And first of all, I'll just say, let's forget about Orson Scott Card. How was the yeah. movie?
3: Arguably one of the classics of science fiction. Yes. With, you know, one of the biggest twists... Well, a
0: Hugo and Nebula winner in the same year. Yeah. And then the sequel... Uh, Speaking of the Dead, won the right. Hugo and the Nebula the next year. So he, yeah. he's the only author so far to have won both of those major awards back-to-back back to back to back. two
3: years in a row. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's no doubt that these are these are wonderful stories, and the idea that Ender's Game had been thought for a long time to be unfilmable, that, yeah. was, that was the, the terminology uh, that, I think that term was invented for Ender's Game, because just uh, when you think about what goes on, you had to wait until special effects and CGI could cap- catch up with what had been envisioned in that book. Right. This book does distill down all the essential parts of the story. Everything you would want, would you? You would consider undetachable from the uh, from the storyline okay. is there. Um, the stuff that they cut out is entirely. Uh, Okay, I'm entirely okay with that. That they made a movie in just under two hours, that yeah, co- that I that people just didn't think would be uh, caught. And when we get past it a little bit, I can talk about a couple of things that I, as a as somebody who's read the book probably a dozen times, um, felt could have been handled a little bit better. But especially if you haven't read the book, this is just a great film to go and watch. It's it's a science fiction film that that will. Uh, that will bring you to uh, bring you to the joy that you want out of the story. A second,
0: I think a lot of people could agree that it was number one over the weekend, wasn't it? like you know, for whatever that's worth, twenty eight point something million. Yes, it was number not one. as high as they wanted, but it was uh,
3: it was all right. So so are we have uh, somebody uh, jumping on a microphone out of there out for it? a moment. Dave, did yeah. you see the movie?
1: <clears throat> Hi, this is uh, David Tapia. <laughs> and Nate, text Nate him back. Nathan
3: tell him happy. no, he's not. Okay, what? Oh, oh the, the problem back. is I set these mics up.
1: Uh, yeah, no problem. Sorry to just send a photo bomb. I just wanted to comment really quick on the uh, Ender's Game stuff. I did go see it, and I did not read the book. Okay, prior so to that's seen good it. to hear. So I thoroughly enjoyed the film. I thought. Uh, a lot of the characters were very, or did, a lot of the actors did a fabulous job. The special effects were amazing. Um, there's a few things that I had some issues with, but um, I we're, don't. We're
3: trying to stay really
1: spoil free, yeah. And,
3: and I really couldn't go into yeah a number of things.
1: But uh, but overall, I, I I walked away very uh, you know with money well spent. So, so there you go. Someone yeah. who has not read the
0: book responded well that's that's good i was trying to convince my kids to go see it this weekend and we just could not make it work um i gotta take that mic out because it's it's just gonna it's gonna blow the speaker again
1: Uh, okay um one thing
0: we did we did see uh together uh we'll try to be splinter free because nate didn't get to see was thor the dark world which opens this friday although it opened in england uh a week ago so um you know we're behind marvel's doing that to us
2: Let's not forget that pretty much none of our listeners got to see
0: it either. That's true. I know That's Nate. That's true. Shh. So our we're... British listeners did. Yeah. All, All three, three of them. them. Ah, jinx. owe me a coke next time I see you. <laughs> All right. So, what uh, did we see, Derek? We well, you know, so we did see Thor the Dark World and That's right. we'll go as spoiler-free as possible to say Yes. There's a replacement, Zachary Levi in the role of uh Fandral. Fandral. Control. Replacing an actor. No one really remembers who played him in the first one. Right. Uh, so I would say that definitely after watching Thor The Dark World, I wanted more Fandral. I want a Fandral movie. I don't know if it's worth a Fandral movie, but I do. I, I want I some will stand Fandral. By. I want Fandral shorts in the uh, I totally want, I totally want Agent Coulson to go on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to walk into a bar and see Fandral trying to pick up mortal women. That would be I, cool. I, I completely want that. Not, not,
3: uh, not trying to. A, Bandrel oh, succeeding! Picking yes, up yes, mortal women,
0: and there is a, a stunning sword fight. Uh, he'd be fantastic. Um, who would be sword? Who would, we, who would sword fight with the swordsman? Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, so, uh, or <laughs> I heard you were here. Colson so likes my sword. Colson likes defense. Uh, I thought definitely, as is to be expected, the movie really came alive. Every low key scene. Tom oh, Hiddleston yeah. just oh, yeah. knows that. Knows Have you seen
3: the little, the little, the Comedy Central short with him and the little kids making fun of the phone They're commercials? So yes, good,
0: that's so great. Um, so definitely, the one over there. There are a few tie-ins to other places of the Marvel universe, which I thought were very effective.
3: This this movie, more than anything, I, I was thinking the other day, why did I enjoy this so much more than I, I liked the first Thor movie? It's because he had his powers through the whole movie. And that wasn't an issue. He's. It's almost like when you're. It's like when you're playing Batman: Arkham Origins, right? And you've got everything you had to get. I, I have done that, but you yes, have to okay. play that. So when you're, when, I'm playing Infinity. When you're seeing Thor powered down, that's not Thor. That's not fun. That's not Thor. When yeah. you're seeing p- Thor powered up and powered up more than you've ever seen it before, that's what you want in a Thor movie. See,
0: I, I overall. I just to compare. I enjoyed the first one more. I thought this suffered from a lot of sequelitis. Of let's acknowledge all the characters we thought you loved from the first one. Okay, um, let's, add a, let's add a couple more, and some of that was charming. Uh, I didn't think that. Uh, I it was serviceable. But it didn't get personal, and that's the thing I loved about the first movie was I thought that the relationship between Thor and Loki was so strong, and it took a while for that to warm back up in this
3: film. It was big. It was epic. All nine realms at peril. Then jumping in between realms. In between realms in battle, and just and, yeah. and you've got the yeah, flying right. longboats. I enjoyed it. And I just, Asgard is bigger and bolder than I ever thought, before. I just, it's just like, it, it
0: wasn't uh, as – I don't think it was as well-directed. I, I, I admit, I just love ken Branagh's direction. Um, I don't think it was as well directed, and I felt that some of it was a sitcom, but I still enjoyed it. It was, as a sequel, much better than Iron Man 2. Yes. It didn't feel like we're just plugging in little pieces no. to kill time until the next no. film. I, it definitely needed to happen. And we moved
3: characters forward. forward. We, we moved, we we moved Jane did. forward, and Jane Foster forward. moved Sif forward. We moved everybody, you know. Speaking
0: of CIF, did you see her dress at the premiere?
3: Yes, and there's SIF news in the ma- and there's other oh, uh, Jane. It. Oh, uh, I've got it. Okay, okay. I've got it. You've got All it right. on the list. Yeah, so. All right, we'll get to that. Yes. I thought we were going to wait for the dress as well. I know, but I have to mention it now. It was amazing. You know, that's, that's such an example of how parochial the United States is because you really didn't see anything more than if she had been on a beach with a bikini.
0: No, and we right? are talking about uh, – Jamie Alexander as if... No, 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 you, you wouldn't, but it's not a parochial. It's like it made... She was the most cannily-dressed uh, starlet there because it's Thor The Dark World. James right. Gunn is there being interviewed about Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, which everybody wants to see next summer. But and all anybody can talk about is Jamie Alexander. Yes. Well played, Jamie. Yes. yes, Well played. Indeed. Yes, so anyway... Uh, I have a question. Yes, Nate.
2: Uh... In the preview, they show Thor hit
0: the large rock man. Stone Is that man supposed to be Korg? Um, I think it was a nod to him. I think it was so, not. Yeah. It, it was clearly it clearly looked like him, but that's not what they gave him. They the just, the they, shape
3: the shape was dead on. They didn't explain who he was. They just yeah. like okay. They're
0: they're fighting on, is it Niflheim? If,
3: if they called him the Stone Man from Saturn, that would just, the audience would go... Roo. Yeah. <laughs> it was just one of those nods. So so
0: it's just one of those things you like can... Like
3: calling the Cosmic Cube
0: the Tesseract. You yeah. sort of They have to try to make these things seem, more I don't know, more realistic because that's not really realistic still, but,
3: but it's just... But the fanboy us can still go, it's the
0: Cosmic Cube. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a Stone Man from it's Saturn. Saturn. It's Korg. So, uh, yeah. It was there. It was a nod. It was definitely a nod. Yeah a disappointing uh, nod no no I mean but I mean, you're right the best part of that joke is right there in the trailer that's you know it's that's well all I there mean is he's
2: it. not supposed to crush him like that it was supposed to be those guys were so tough and Thor's hammer chipped one of them wasn't yeah. that the whole thing like yeah. Thor's hammer was so strong it actually chipped yeah. one of them but they were supposed yeah. to be so strong well this
3: time he knew where their soft white underbelly was <laughs> clearly clearly so, the, but the only the other thing I want to mention about the about the movie, it was a lot funnier than the previous one. They had a lot more jokes that worked, and but, but I think a lot of jokes that didn't. And that but was I my think problem. I think the real problem was the jokes were good, but they were happening. A lot of them were happening at the wrong time. Yeah. Um. So it, when it's a really tense battle, you know, worlds hanging in the in the balance, it's not a great time to make, uh, you know. Daddy yeah. joke.
0: Yeah, uh, so I mean, I think there were some great, there were some really good things about it. I enjoyed it. I'll definitely see it again. And apparently, yeah, I'm see there's it again like in a a, you know they didn't show us a Captain America trailer, so I want to go back and see a Captain America trailer. Did you
3: notice how little the 3D actually contributed to the film?
0: I did notice that. So that's the other thing I will recommend to people is there are movies that I think 3D is essential. I, I won't say that it necessarily helps. Like, but I mean, yeah. You go see Gravity. Go see go Gravity see in, 3D. in 3D. Absolutely. Right. See Thor: The Dark World in 2D. I don't think they did a dang thing that needed to be done in 3D. Uh, it,
3: and and I,
0: I never felt watch it in the deuce. Yeah, it was, I it never was, felt like oh, you know,
3: it, it wasn't. It wasn't. A it good, wasn't bad, but it just didn't. They kind of phoned it in as it, far as it, making things pop, and it just
0: was there. Yeah, and you had to really concentrate to even notice that it still was. Yep. So I yeah, I, and
3: Ender's Game isn't even done in 3D. Which I would have thought with with the huge you know, I know, battles I know. in space, well, they would have definitely supposedly done supposedly that.
0: Supposedly is kind of passing out, and we'll see. So, you know, it constitutes a bit. You know, Jeffrey Katzenberg years ago said 3D is the future, but it may be again. It was a fad that's kind of fading out. Although, if more people really used as part of the storytelling, as I do feel, Gravity did. Uh huh. You know, uh, when you get more artists, the immersive aspect. When you of when you film. get more artists really trying to make it as something immersive. But the problem is artists are rarely the ones getting to those kinds of budgets.
3: And the funny thing is with, the, with these films being post-processed into 3D, most of them being not shot in 3D but right. post-processed, it's something that they could three years from now come out with Ender's Game in 3D. Sure. Um,
0: yeah, just like you know, they did Little Mermaid in 3D and they didn't release it Star theatrically. Wars. It's just on Blu-ray. So. I don't know. So Dave just throws in that the Captain America stuff's on the 3D. I don't know, because last night I had dinner with Lon Lopez, and he asked the same thing. So we did not get any extra Captain America footage. and you know, But we did get a scene. But I'm, I'm torn, though, because <laughs> I do want to, you know, I guess I'm so excited about Winter Soldier. I don't think I want to see anything more now. I just want to see the movie. I'm ready for April.
3: But Captain America was no, sh- one of the don't, jokes don't, that sh- totally worked. Don't. I'm just saying, the Captain America jo- but, joke totally worked.
0: All right. Um, so, uh, the other one, I don't know if this is 3D, but the CG Mr. Peabody and Sherman movie yeah. trailer got released.
3: I saw the, uh, did you see the trailer?
0: I did see the, I okay. did watch the trailer. I saw
3: the trailer along with Ender's game too.
0: I thought, uh, I saw the trailer online and I thought, oh, it actually. Looks cool. Yeah. I didn't feel forced. I think by making it all CG instead of like live action. Yeah. But uh, they are actually going to make a Rocky and Bullwinkle short to go with. Uh, CG to go with Mr. Peabody and Sherman, and here's the thing: it's going to be the original Rocky, 95 year old June Foray. Really, will be voicing Rocky in wow. the Rocky and Bullwinkle short. Wow. So,
1: hey, Bullwinkle. Rocky's no, going to talk uh, real No, man, slow. you can You
0: can't. No, you can't mock that. That woman's. She's still. She just won an Emmy. Okay. She just won an Emmy. Okay, not a for lifetime achievement. Voice? Um, for like gra- Granny somebody on a like episode of Garfield or something, but it's not granny. a lifetime. It's not like a lifetime. Achie- but she was doing Grannies when she was thirty. Yeah. So I mean, because she's she's Granny and um, Tweety and Sylvester, uh, you know. So uh, no, I think that's great. It, I, it, it's,
3: she was always cute to see. There are some things I Wasn't just her, mind. she and her husband didn't they both do voices?
0: Uh, you may be confusing. Her with Stan, having been married to Stan Freeberg, No, um, no, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think she was. Unless mm, I'll have to go look it up. No, I. I. I, I don't know. But Stan Freeberg's still pretty um, vital in the industry too. Yeah. And they work together a name? lot, and that's why I think maybe maybe they, they, just, they just appeared they, on the shows they, together and they did they voice. Do a people. lot together. Still. What was her name? Okay. June Foray. So. Uh, and then uh, I didn't get a uh, chance to download and look at this poster, but I Frankenstein, which seems like a, an attempt to make a. An, I saw the film preview. An interesting take on Frankenstein as a superhero. Uh, the Frankenstein monster It's almost like
3: he's Frankenstein as the as the private investigator detective type character. Well, that's, it reminded me more of. I actually, I went and read the first issue of the magazine which is available online. Mm-hmm. Um, yes,
0: you sent, you sent the link, and I didn't get to follow that either.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, what's the name of the company? Darkstorm Studios. Yeah, and they have the first issue available online. You can read it right there in the web. And he's more like, uh, he's kind of like the goon, really. He's kind of like a dark side uh, good guy who, who just protects people. Which and protects me Dark
0: Horse, men. not Darkstorm. Dark Horse is going to be really ticked. <laughs> because they have so many characters like that that they're trying to develop. And it's like every time something like this comes along, it's like, yeah. That knocks out, because they have that one that Steve Niles wrote, Cal something, uh, you know, um, that Thomas Jane was interested in playing for a while. Um, Oh, why I'm blanking, because it's a good series, A Supernatural Detective. Uh, You know, so anyway. Uh, it's interesting, Aaron Eckhart playing fr- the Frankenstein monster. Yeah, the
3: the the magazine's almost almost a little bit comic-y. It's a little little bit funny. He's he's kind of a snarky, makes comments. I can see like that. Eckhart wanted to do but that. Eckhart, Eckhart's much more stoic, and uh, the 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 villains, the the, the, the two races that are at war, are like over the top. Well, uh, oh, and he just dangerous definitely looking.
0: wants to have a fun uh, franchise. Yeah, Eckhart deserves a franchise. Good looking guy. Um, Disney announced today that Jon Favreau... No mention of, of the movie he was supposed to develop, The Magic Kingdom, that was like a night at the museum set in Disneyland. Right. Uh, Said so they announced that they're going to go forward with a live-action Jungle Book to be directed by Jon Favreau. Wasn't
3: there a live-action Jungle Book already? That
0: wasn't by Disney, though. Ah. And it wasn't with the, their take on the characters. You know, they're doing live-action... The Maleficent's coming out. Right. Cinderella's coming out. So they're doing this live-action Jungle Book. And... I suppose Favreau would do a good job with it. I just I don't know why we're doing a live action Jungle Book when there's a really good animated film. But I don't know why we're doing a live action Cinderella for that matter. Yeah, Maleficent at least seems a different twist to have Angelina Jolie. Sure, sure. Her p- you're telling it you from a different point, point, of, point of, view. of view. Yeah, but we'll see. Uh, let me go back to Jamie Alexander, shall I? I think we should. Okay. Aside from her dress, she said she's been talking to Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. One, she wants to. She, she wants a CIF solo film. Uh, she's definitely on board for Thor 3, but not if she's been talking to one, uh, Warner Brothers because she's kind of claiming, but uh, the rumor is, of course, that she's talking to Warner Brothers about being Wonder Woman. Right. Rumor pops up today that Olga Kurlyenko, who had been in Hitman... Uh, Quantum And, of Solace. Of things, and Quantum Solace. of Solace, uh, That she may have tested for Wonder Woman, and the, and the rumor has popped up again that Wonder Woman will appear... Somewhere in Superman versus Batman.
3: You know, I was thinking about this because like, I looked at both of them, and of the two, I'd give my nod to Jamie. I, I think that she has... I like what we're talking least,
0: about her is if we do know her. It, she we'd like to have her at this table. I,
3: because I only want to say Olga. I don't want to have to pronounce her last name. Kulienko. Yeah. Um, the, I think that her personality that just comes out when her face is relaxed is much more Wonder Woman, and the okay. other one just doesn't look... Doesn't give me the kind of uh, vibe from it, but neither one of them do what I would like to do. I would like to see a Wonder Woman that didn't pander to the starved, um, the starved beauty star look. I'd like to have a Wonder Woman who could let a little, have a little more weight, uh, bring a little more weight to the. Well, someone who actually looks muscular. Yeah, somebody, somebody, because when you think about it, the. the Wonder Woman, uh, uh, what's her name uh, from the TV show? Linda Carter. Linda Carter, Carter um, was was more. She was not a small woman. She was not, She was a large, large woman, tall, and uh, she was built, of course. But she was also muscular. Yeah, a muscular build, and that's. I don't want to have to pretend that her power, her, her the, is all mystical. Is, is magical, you know. I want her to. I want to think she is that strong. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a really good point. Plus, I would like to have it be a better role model for young women who are not trying to get the thigh gap or whatever it is that, you know, they're starving. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about that.
0: Yeah, yes, uh, dealing with that. Um, Nothing solid on Star Wars this week. We've been a lot of rumors flying around, but I still want to go through nobody really knows anything. But a rumor that popped up about Star Trek was that Joe Cornish might be in line to direct Star Trek three, And if you don't know the name Joe Cornish, here's the movie I want to send you to. And I, I raved about it a couple of years ago. It was one of my favorite movies movie he directed. years ago. Attack the Block. That's right. Attack the Block was such a great, concise, great building of character, great storytelling. And that's what I feel, honestly, when I look at it, I haven't even bothered, not once have I been tempted to pick up Star Trek Into Darkness uh, on on. Blu-ray. On Blu-ray, no. Because I, I, it's felt so much like, a, like a, just a nod to all the things that people think they know about Star Trek instead of actually being what made Star Trek work. Right. But Joe Cornish, as a director, I think could guide Star Trek into what made me like Star Trek in the first place. Yeah. So, and, and without sacrificing any of the re- things that have brought people into this big thing, I would love to see him handle these actors and he already has some history with Simon Pegg because Joe Cornish is also the uh, sometime writing hot partner and, produ- and producer uh, with Nick Wright. Right. Uh, Nick, yes, Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright. Nick Frost is the actor, but Edgar Wright, who uh, they wrote, wrote Hot Fuzz. They uh, Simon Pegg and and Edgar Wright wrote Hot Fuzz, but Joe Cornish worked on it as well. Okay, he's worked with them, and Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish wrote Ant Man
3: together. So um, I like th- the way you put that in. The past tense, like it's all done. I want to believe. I want to believe it's coming out next week. Uh, it's not going to come out
0: next week, but it's still... I, I'm still not sure where that is going to fit in the release slot, but uh, it will be interesting. I think
3: it'd be fun if, if they did Ant-Man they didn't tie it into anything right away. It was just like totally outside of the rest of the movies. I'd like that too, because I, I was really... So,
0: well, I, I expected that for Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not going to get that. Um, you know, like just out there, and then and then at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy, you'd see how that tied into everything else.
3: Because right. I don't think it needs to be connected. Right. But it's going to be because the Marvel movie universe but they can, is they can They totally can discover him later, but I'd like to have one Ant-Man story where he's all on his oh, own, yeah. and it's one guy solving it, and you're not, you know... Yeah, I, I agree with that. S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't breathing down his well, neck. Well, I wanted,
0: you know, and this will be the part where we slip over to television, so I want to... Um, Take this as a moment to say, I, you know, last week, last Saturday night was the official debut. they had done a preview screening of this sitcom on Nickelodeon, The Thundermans. Yeah. So uh, did you get a chance to watch it? No. Nope. Oh, well, cute. As uh, Chris Tallman reminded me, it's not for me. It's for my kids. But my kids love it. It's, a, it's like every other, uh, in some ways, like all those sitcoms for Disney and, and, uh, and Nickelodeon. That it is the family dynamic, and clearly it is this about is the like kids. It's like the Jetsons
3: with superpowers. It's
0: not. A, it's not about the parents. It's about the kids. The parents okay. get their nice subplots. They're great, but it is about these twins who are fourteen that have inherited their parents' powers. One is a wannabe superhero. One is su- want to be supervillain, and dealing with the, oh, okay. the hiding hiding in plain sight as the Thunderman family, not of course the children of the actual Thunderman. So uh, it turns out though that the guy playing Thunderman. Uh, and Mr. Thunderman. Uh, it's Chris Tallman, who I used to do comedy sports with way, way, way back when. Uh, and so uh, Chris uh, was kind enough. We finally nailed him down to a phone conversation and interview with him about the Thundermans and about his time now joining the Word Players with the, uh, with uh, Thrilling Adventure Hour and the, the Dead Authors podcast and more.
3: So you got that pre recorded?
0: I've got that pre recorded. So, so we should
3: slip it in right here. Slip it in right here.
0: I'm going to say here. Uh, I'm going to before I do. I'm going to warn you: the, the sound quality when it show, shows on the podcast may be really crappy. That's not Rick's fault. That's totally my equipment right now. Uh, Normally, Rick. Well, I think Rick needs to get on this and fix this. I don't think he can. But uh, I think mean, it's really It's basically the phone system here at my in my office and uh, in my recorder. So I'm just saying that I apologize ahead of time because yeah. You know. uh, anyway, because because you're used to being on really good ones. <laughs> No, you're a great podcast. Uh, I, mean,
4: sir, I, I stand in front of the microphone. Oh. Yeah, they have a windscreen and everything. Oh,
0: my gosh. Yeah, well, again i just got a yeah, no, phone. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> we're, we're talking from the, uh, called into the Chris Tallman Command Center. Uh, this is, uh, they're talking with Chris. And, uh, of course, let's see, we the, Big thing, uh, tonight, as, we, as we're having this phone call, is the, um, I guess not world premiere, because they did have the uh, preview episode. There's a sneak preview, but yeah, tonight technically is the series premiere, is what I'm calling it. the Thundermans. Uh, so That's right. Let's start there. I, I did watch the uh, sneak preview uh, episode. Found a What's your fun. Oh, it was really fun. I uh, recorded it Haven't had a chance to... Uh, Check in with my kids To see if they've watched it if not Then I'm going to make them watch it
4: You <laughs> know <laughs> it's for them right I mean you can watch it As much as you want No no I, I realize sure
0: right? it's for them Chris But still <laughs> uh, <laughs> So let's talk about you getting involved With the Thundermans Because I know that you Have been comic book Fan for a long time So you're, you know And 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 let's go with the sitcoms
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, basically, I, whatever it was, uh, a little over a year ago, heard that they were making this thing. And, you know, that nerd party's like, oh, man, maybe I can, like, can I, maybe I can audition and, I like, try and be, like, a, a bad guy or, I don't know, something like that. And strangely enough, I got called in to audition for Thunderman for the dead And I thought, oh, this is, well, this would be a fun story to tell people. it' not really a crosshade you could actually get this job but um it just every step of the way it went really well and it's i'm super lucky because i knew other guys also auditioning for the parts super funny super talented guys um and booked a job and I can't even tell you how excited I was because just as an actor, you know to get any job is great news. But then as a nerd to be like uh, to be able to be an actual superhero, it's the greatest thing I've ever done. Um, we're shooting uh, for that uh, sneak preview episode, the pilot, the parts where I have to fly and so you walk over to the green screen, and, you, and the director says, "Okay, Chris, let's just try a couple of shows. How so you think you might want to fly?" And I did like one or two. And he kind of looked up from behind the camera. and says, "Like, wow, you're you're good at that." And I was like, "I've been rehearsing for this since I was four years old." <laughs> like. <laughs> Like you don't even really necessarily spend a lot of time on it as, as, as a comic book fan, but I was like, oh well, I fly with one hand up and the other one down. But you're, you're like, are there other ways to do it? And I did, I did like the Superman two hands in the fist. Like you can, you know, there's so many ways to go. But, you know, oh yeah. But as far as like the powers part, the powers part of the shooting really is some of the most fun because the pop people like I'm. I'm super strong, so the prop people give you, you know, breakaway props. Like I have this. At one point, I'm at this kid's birthday party in the pilot, and I'm uh, showing off my strength. So, like, I bended this bat. There's this cinder block that I crushed, and there's special props built to look, you know, photorealistic, real, but they are breakaway. And that cinder block. Um, has the texture of an actual cinder block. Like, you pick it up, it's not very heavy, but you put your hands on it, like, oh, this thing feels real. And it's like, oh, actually, I push to crush it, and it doesn't break right away. If you watch it, there's like just a half beat where it doesn't quite break. And then my brain, I go, oh no, I'm I'm weak. I'm ruining being super strong. So then I just like turn on the gas, and the thing just goes, poof, it just explodes. And there's that moment when you, even though you know it's a prop and there's cameras and you know you're wearing a costume, and there's this part of your brain that goes, I just destroyed that thing. I'm super strong. And as you take a step, you feel the pebbles and stuff from, from the cinder block on your feet as you step and they crumble on your toes. And you think to yourself, I am
0: actually a superhero. It is so much fun. Is it, do you like, uh, between takes, do you, like, you, you know, you know uh, throw out like 10 push ups just to make sure you're really pumped up for the. For the mm-hmm. Usually, like a cheeseburger,
4: something like yeah, that. Yeah, because I'm so. Because I'm a retired superhero. So, it's, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, it does it is, it is the best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> the the <laughs> the retire- the- really I really
0: do. That's good. Um do you find it difficult uh changing the uh the pronunciation? Like I guess that's my favorite joke of the whole show being from Thunderman to Thunderman. Uh Thunderman.
4: <laughs> yeah. I I, I like that a lot because it it explains a certain level of intelligence of my character, because he is Thunderman, and, you know, uh, as basically the show begins, it's then saying, okay, we're retiring, and so his level of creativity is, okay, so I can't be Thunderman anymore, but now our family name is The Thunderman, and we're hiding. Like, to me, that's what I love about that guy, is he, I actually think, perfect, no one will ever know, and I think like in one of the in one of the next episodes, like somebody we have guests come over for dinner, and the first thing the the, the father of that family does looks at me and goes, Thunderman, any relation to Thunderman? And of course you know like characters and be like, no, and I this, I love it like that's that is the comedy of the show, and <laughs> that is the intelligence of my character. <laughs> all spelled out
0: in <laughs> the name of the show. Perfect. And, uh, yeah, do you, do you have any input as, like I said, I know because we've talked about this before, you, you are a, a big you know, comic book fan. You've been practicing since you were four, so how much input beyond this is my flying pose uh, do you get? Or have they asked you, if, you know, these guys just know their stuff and as far as comic book stuff,
4: um, well, this, I mean, they, oh, plot stuff, uh, not a lot. I mean, obviously when you're rehearsing, um, if there are things that don't work, it kind of becomes a little bit of a community where the producers and the directors will all sort of say, is this working? Is is not playing? Uh, they changed the name of my wife's character. She's also a superhero. And at one point she was Voltra. Um, and she has like electrical powers and they weren't crazy about that name. So then they were thinking about like Electra and of course I was like yeah, actually, um, there is an Electra, yeah, the panel. The like <laughs> yeah. Other uh, I mean, moments like that I get to, to to pop in. But really they know their stuff pretty well. Um, they're all and people from other TV shows and I would guess that I'm probably one of the more nerd savvy people there but I mean one of the writers is always wearing uh, either like a Green Lantern t-shirt or something like that and that makes me happy I feel like oh, I have a
3: secret friend on the staff <laughs> <laughs> and that could be very important right oh I think so
4: you know you, listen, you get to look over there. so uh, during Lock and Key you know you get to have moments like that where you just you know yeah. checking in with each
0: other nerd wise yes and you've also uh, uh in addition as we, it, we discovered um to being on the thundermans you uh have added your, your podcast presence to uh thrilling adventure hour which uh, definitely ties ah. to all of us yes so let's talk about that uh because uh i was recently recent thanks to the graphic novel uh oh yeah i really had no idea about that podcast and obviously you, you Listening to the podcast, you know, I've been raving about it constantly, but I know I'm way late to the party. Uh, I'm that, you know, what's the anti-opposite of hipster? Um, I'm the wannabe. Elderly. Uh, the, I think elderly. How? Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. You are younger than me. That's all right. You can do that. Damn it. Uh, am I early? <laughs> By months, I would gauge. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, I got a, I, I got on board with it. So, so I still haven't caught up to where you where your episodes. Episode at this point is, but are you going? To, is it going to be an ongoing? Your um, character. They,
4: we'll see. I don't know. I think uh, they actually asked me to come back for the Halloween episode uh, this past week, and I couldn't do it because we were on vacation. Um, but they're really good about. Um, bringing people back for different things. This last one was uh, they have, if you don't know the Throwing Adventure Hour, do I need to explain it to people well, It might be good to at least, like, know, put it in context where you are uh, character. <sighs> character okay. Um, I, I am in, in Throwing Adventure Hour is, um, uh, sort of a new time uh, podcast done in the style of old-timey radio, and there's sort of three different segments per live show. It's a live show done once a month in Los Angeles, and then they break those segments up into episodes of the podcast. So, if you listen to the podcast, you'll hear about a 20-minute episode, and it might be Sparks, Nevada, Marshall on Mars, and that literally is like sort of like uh, John Carter acceptance of a Civil War soldier. He's a Old West cowboy, and he has robot hands and laser pistols and fights a good fight for the people of uh, Mars, which they call uh, Galoot Proctol, yes. uh, in Martian. And on that, I was, um, I was uh, wreck I, I was I a was big, big bad Ralph, who was one of the, uh, Robot gangster criminals on Mars. I won't spoil it for you, but I don't know if Ralph will make There's a return appearance. There is a showdown. We'll have to see. Yeah, um, let's go in with the you know. Yes, but uh, I've, I've done that. I've done a couple of their live shows, and it is again a ton of fun because it's backstage. It's all people that you know from uh, TV and cartoons and films. Like, uh, they just had, they have, uh, one of the shows they do is Captain Laserbeam, and it's sort of a Adam West Batman-style show, and John DiMaggio, who's Bender from Futurama, is Captain Laserbeam. He's amazing. They just had on for uh, the villain was uh, Clancy Brown, who's Lex Luther from all the Justice League cartoons, and, you know, a of the bad guy uh, from He was just on as a bad guy called Shape Ape, who's sort of essentially super-intelligent Gorilla god, but obsessed with shapes, and the more he talks about shapes, the more you realize, well, he's of human intelligence. But he's not a brainiac, he's just yeah. a giant talking monkey who's like, oh yes, circles, triangles. And you kind of go, it's a great joke because it's the super intelligent ape who's kind of dumb by human standards. <laughs> and it, <laughs> And T. Brown walks it on stage and he takes on this sort of like bow-legged wide-armed ape. He, like, he plays it physically in front of the audience and you're like I'm watching Max Luther pretend to be dumb gorilla god it's the best again as a nerd it, it's just the best thing in the world it's such a great show um, and the guys who write it used to write for um, Supernatural it's Ben Acker and Ben Blacker and this past uh, Comic Con they released a uh, beautiful graphic novel called The Throwing Adventure
0: Hour through Archaea
4: and it's such it's such a beautiful
0: book well I reread it it's last great. night I uh, actually did you know because I reviewed it on the site we, you know and we've and we and reviewed it on the podcast and uh, and then and now that I've actually listened to about a hundred episodes and I don't know uh, you yeah, know Six weeks, uh, yeah, Howard. Through, I, and I get what it is. I, you know, I saw, re-read last night and come through, and I'm just like, oh, I, it was a beautiful book when I didn't know what it was about. <laughs> it's even better now that I get <laughs> a lot more of it. Yeah. you know, I really that you know, it was great was, and I, about it is that it, it stood so well on its own. Absolutely. Oh, you know, just just
4: fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a richer experience for knowing what It's It's probably a little bit like seeing um, uh, Serenity without having watched Firefly. You're like, oh, Serenity is a movie I love. But if you watch Firefly and then you watch Serenity, you're like, ah, yes, oh, uh, yes. Now, and now I'm getting the full
0: experience. You've also recently guested on Paula Tompkins' Dead Authors podcast as oh, Edgar Rice Burroughs. That's true. That is the, that's the one that just dropped. Uh, so, yeah, that. so talk about that, you know, because I think one thing is I'm, I'm taking for granted, and I shouldn't, um, uh, for listeners on the podcast, um, you know, Chris, uh, you and I go way back because of improv. Um, and mm-hmm. Way back uh, <laughs> So uh, You know In Wisconsin days uh, We crossed paths uh, Yeah 80s 80s Oh my god 80s uh, yeah. uh, And so uh, You know You're out here As uh, One of the things is You are You are a fantastic Improv comedian And you've been uh, uh, You were on The uh, Thank God you're here All this And so uh, But funny, obviously One reason we connect Is we've we've always been nerds And you know I'd be that guy In the Green Lantern T-shirt Going yes we can be secret that. Yeah, uh, 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 it's funny It was fun Because we were
4: sub-nerds At a nerd thing We would be at like A giant improv convention Where again Already kind of Pretty, pretty specific uh, Little sub-nerd culture And then within The improv people You and I could like Sneak away and go So uh, Black Lightning And like talk about Within
0: the nerd convention, know, circles within circles, and so uh, yeah, yeah. So I'll pay whatever it takes to go to Comic Con. So for five days, I feel normal. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you get to be Edgar Rice Burroughs. So what do you do to prep? I mean, and what does Tompkins give you? I mean, because I, I don't know. I've I've listened to one with the uh, authors of the Bible. Uh, and, uh, oh, yeah. Those are guys from Adventure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it, it popped into their feed, so now I'm going to start listening to that podcast as well. I'm going to start with you um, because oh, I want to hear it, you know, I, and, and I'm eager to. So, but, you know, yeah, what kind of prep is it to go back and say, okay, you're playing Edgar Rice Burroughs, You've grown up reading all his work, I assume, or knowing mm. all his characters, and, yeah. and then you get to Play them for comedic purpose, so like it's for an hour, like you know, right? So yeah, it's an hour
4: long show. It's a really interesting. As in, it, to talk improv nerdery for a second, it's a really interesting show you get to do because normally, you know, I think most people probably see like um, Who's Line Is It Anyway or something like that. You know, normally in improv, um, you only stay in a character for like I don't know. Sometimes as short as like thirty seconds, depending on the scene. Usually it's like four or five. minutes and that's usually about as long as you play somebody within the context of a show so this is more like a play um so just as an improviser it's just it's a really cool different thing to get to try and do is like oh i really need to be it's acting it's still improvising like crazy but you kind of have to be somebody and you can't two seconds later because like an improv you can be like okay now we're on the submarine and now i'm the submarine captain You still have to remember all that stuff you said, and particularly with this show, um, what happens is, like, Paul asks you to do it, and you jump up and down and say, yes, of course, I'll do the show, and he sends you an email in which is a list of all the dead authors that someone has not already claimed. So you have to kind of go through that, and Edgar he doesn't assign it to you. He just says, do you want to do the show? And you say yes. And he sends you an email and says, thank you for doing the show. Here are the list of um, suggested authors that haven't already been claimed. I would imagine if you really want to be somebody who wasn't on that list that hadn't already been taken, I would assume that would be fine. Um, and then, you know, he, in, in that email, it, basically he breaks it down as, you don't have to do Any research, you can come in completely cold, but if you listen to the podcast, you can tell some people have come in completely cold, and you don't have to do anything, you can just literally just show up and... try and figure out who this character is because he has interview questions. He, uh, Paul Tompkins, the premise of the show is he is playing H.G. Wells who has used his time machine to scoop up this other author and brought them to the UCB Theater in Hollywood, California for an hour to do a live interview in front of an audience and then he's going to take you right back to your life. So, uh, and it's the, the only thing is that it's someone who has died by that night on, you know, whatever year it is, 2013. So, yeah, so I, got, I picked out your wife's Burroughs because, again, Tarzan, John Carter, like, I want to be that guy. That sounds amazing. So, I you know, you go to Wikipedia, uh, you look up a couple things, you're like, oh, okay, he's from Chicago. And that guy has a fascinating life. Kept on trying to be a hero, like trying to get, tried to go into uh, military service was rejected. Um, Tried to be a cop, got uh, was a cop on a train, got fired from that. Like tried to be a cowboy, got got hurt when he got thrown from a saddle. And so you just go like, oh, of course. He's a guy who kept on trying to lead this manly man life and couldn't, and one day picked up a pulp, like you know was reading like The Shadow. He's like. I can do this. I, and that literally is, like, he wasn't a writer before that. Like, he was a pencil salesman, a traveling pencil salesman, and just said, and read the show that I can do this. First thing out of the gate, Tarzan. Boom. And just never looked back. And, you know, okay, and as far as comedy goes, you know, as an improviser, sometimes you have to, like, look at something for two seconds and go, this is what I think that's funny about this. And run with it. You're like, oh yeah, I can see why that. I can see what's funny about that guy. Like he he wants to be the machoist guy in the world. And then you get to improvise with Paul Hopkins for an hour, and that's so much fun. That's great. Uh, yeah, and as far as that podcast goes, like Andy Richter's been. Andy Richter, I believe, it was Emily Dickinson.
1: Um, Jason Manzukis, who's from uh, UCB, and he's on another podcast
4: called How Did This Get Made, which is really fun. Like, he's on that show. There's a ton of funny people on that show. Um, and, it's, it's, and if you... You don't have to know anything about those authors, um, but if you do, again, sort of like we are saying about Swing Adventure, it helps. It, I think it
0: makes it richer. Yeah. So, then let me ask you, I'll kind of, kind of wrap up a little bit here, and I think back to sure. those 80s back in... Uh, when you were with Comedy Sports let's name check them way back when uh, and then the Burt Fershners uh, let's go to the 80's did you you know is this where you'd hoped are you comfortable you mean like is this where my life
4: yeah oh god I hope so oh yeah, yeah yeah um yeah I'm I'm very lucky to be able to say that yeah I'm 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 doing exactly what I want to be doing, because, you know, I mean, as I think probably almost anybody listening to this would agree with, like, to be able to find what you want to do with your life, that's really hard. There are a lot of people who don't get to do what they want to do with their life, and so the fact that I I was really lucky, at at a young age, I figured out that I wanted to do comedy. Um, so the fact that I'm doing that now and, like, I'm married and I have kids, like, I could not ask for anything more. It's, it's I'm really, really happy and really fortunate. Um, and then, like, you know what, uh, to then be able to, like, get to talk to you about nerd stuff, like, you know, it's, it, it really is the best. And as far as, like, nerd stuff goes, we're living in a golden age. Like, there's so much stuff. The fact that you can press a button on Netflix and immediately start watching, like, Justice League Doom. Like, regardless of what you feel about Justice League Doom, like, the fact that it's, boom, right there available for you, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, what do you think about Justice League Doom? Uh, I,
0: I actually do uh, do do like that Um I. issue. I, I, my, my only issue was a political one, where Mark Wade doesn't really get any credit for basically having laid out that skeleton. Yeah.
4: Isn't that interesting?
0: Oh yeah, we've t- I've talked about that on the podcast too. I think it is a political thing. You know, he he fell out of favor with DC for a while. I don't know if he's back in favor, but it was at the wrong mm-hmm. one, you know So yeah, he's not there. Um, but it's so clearly, you know, no, no. Taking away from Dwayne McDuffie's fantastic ability to translate oh, yeah. into 70-minute scripts, but you know that. Dwayne oh Dwayne no, the, no, that, for that. that's more of a credit thing. Yeah, it would be. It would be nice
4: for the creators to be, in some way at least, acknowledged because if you like that, if you like that cartoon, you could go read those books, and all they have to do is steer you towards Mark Wade and those particular t- and Tower of Babel to just kind of get offensive. Mark Waid's Fantastic
0: Four I just love I love That Fantastic Four no, That was a great four. run That was a great run Yeah Oh We should, my gosh. Gosh. We should Like add a Comic Con Assuming <laughs> Next summer You'll be there For the Thundermans we I'm hoping think, Yeah Yeah Well I mean Cause you got a full It's a full season pickup, right For, for yeah, it's a full season. We
4: are um, where we just shot episode fourteen, so uh, yeah. So this coming week, we'll come back and start doing fifteen. Um, yeah, it, it's it's Saturday nights at nine o'clock in Nickelodeon. Hopefully, forever. Hopefully, people become bored with the idea
0: that Thundermans uh, is on TV. That would be a good thing. For people like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know. All about it. Uh, hey, all right, well, right. Hey, So at Comic Con, what we'll do? We'll sit down. We'll just. Well, we won't talk about anything you're actually doing. We'll just have nerd talk as a podcast. How about that? You know? oh, God. Well, I, by the
4: way, I really do enjoy the podcast a lot. I think it's really. Good. I love listening to you guys chat. I so
0: desperately want to go to that restaurant, to the bar and grill. You, anytime you come up here, I will. I will buy you a linguisicorn.com dot com.
4: <laughs> uh, I want I want some, like, fried Ewok fritters or, like, some, I don't know, like, Java stew. Like, and that's how far I wanted to take it. I want it to just be, like, full-on Star Wars menu. We're trying
0: to push it. We're trying to push it. <laughs> We're thinking you should at least start with an alcoholic beverage called the... Shot first.
4: Uh,
0: oh, oh my gosh,
4: <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Every time you walk up to the bar, it's like, well, here, here's your hand shot. Almost everybody gets one, like, cause yeah, everybody has to have a hand shot first. Oh, I love this.
0: Oh, yes, please. Okay. Yes, please. Well, you're welcome anytime. And uh, but anyway, Thank we'll, we will have you. Uh, we'll do we'll do this live with you in the same room because it's we've got to. You're, you're, you're doing I love it. It. All right, man. Thanks thank so you. much. Thanks so much.
4: Please Thanks, guys. All right. And okay. thank you for having me, and keep, 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 kicking, keep kicking butt on the podcast. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. You bet. Bye.
0: So that's it for the couple people listening uh, live. They have to listen to the podcast when it actually goes up so that you can hear the Chris Tallman interview, which I totally, by the way, uh, I take responsibility. My equipment sucks. So I realized the sound quality was not as great that has nothing to do with Rick. I think Rick can do miracles with sound, but not even Rick can save the sound quality of my damn recorder right now. I need to get a new phone connector and figure that
3: out. So you have the one that sticks on the back of it or something?
0: No, I have the one that plugs right into the uh, headset oh, okay. Uh, handset and goes in. So, yeah, I'll figure that out. But anyway, uh, I apologize to Chris before I began the interview. So when you hear this, it is not Rick's fault. He said yes. It is, and so he has cemented himself as a friend forever. There you go. <laughs> but we do want to have uh, you know Chris come back. And, That's oh, how
3: you become friends with Derek, people.
0: Turn on Rick. Turn on me. <laughs> so, uh, but we would like to have you know Chris is an old time uh, nerd, and we'd like to. We're hoping that at Comic Con we'll get some time to sit down together and just talk nerd stuff for the podcast, and not talk about his career. Just do a re- episode of, of Fanboy Planet podcast with. With Chris, just as another commentator, and so which would be fun because he really is, you know, quite quite a fanboy. That'd be great, yeah. Or we can, if somebody wants to get him up here, he'd love to have a linguisa corn dog. Maybe he and Nate can uh, go up together. So um, road trip, road trip. So here's some <laughs> rumored stuff coming. Um, Max Brooks has confirmed that a production company <laughs> has picked up the Extinction Parade for TV development, but it is not attached to any. Uh, network yet.
3: You've been reading that book? I have been. It's a little slow going. But it's it's really violent. It's really, really... It's really violent.
0: I'm sure it'll be toned down. And that's why I think it's slow going. He is so steeped in the gore of it which is what, to me, Avatar made their name for. So I'm sure it's a big sale. Um, I like the idea. I feel like it, it, it took three issues to move what should have been one issue's worth of story. Yeah. like The second issue was totally a filler of Yes, we already know all this. You know, I, I already know all this. Tell me what's going to happen next. And, and it still...
3: Move the story along. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But um, he's building a world again, and that's kind of, kind of interesting. We'll see. But I can see in television someone's going to make him speed that up, and it's going to be a zombies. For those who don't know what the extinction parade is, it's what the vampires do when the zombies rise. And so it's a, basically a war of vampires versus zombies. Because
3: the, the, the vampires understand that the zombie are eliminating the vampire food stores. Right. Right. It takes them a while to figure that
0: out because they're all shallow, shallow beings, which makes sense to me, too. So we'll see. Which does remind me, did you see the Key and Peel sketch, Dave? Did you see that key about why vampires, about vampires being always having to be sexy? A hilarious sketch. Uh, just totally exposing that. So it's online. I totally recommend that. Um, Anyway, oh, TV dropped. Of course, uh, it was announced yesterday that uh, the CW is looking to develop Our Man as a television
3: series. That's an interesting choice. Did you read the description of it, though? I did. And, you know, it, it made me two, think of two things. Wasn't there the whole thing? He, I didn't, they didn't really talk about the fact that he takes a pill to become you, Well, Our as Man I say, for,
0: if, you re- if you read... My article analyzing it. I didn't read your article. It seems. Oh, see, this is why I like it when people turn on you, because um, you turn on me. Uh, that uh, it sounds like the description is like early edition and true calling. Early edition was the guy gets a newspaper every morning that she has the next morning's headlines, so right. he has twenty four hours to stop some kind of disaster. True calling is she works in a mortuary, and right. the bodies, the body and she goes back twenty four hours and fixes. So this is just an hour. So I can see it's like somebody goes, "Oh, it's got the urgency of 24 in an hour." He has the, uh, you know, the character who they describe as uh, was a harried pharmaceutical analyst. They don't call him Rick, Rex Tyler or Rick Tyler to identify that is that he's trying he's becoming a better man, but he's gifted with the ability to look forward one see disasters one hour in the future. Now,
3: which is really that's not the character that we use.
0: No, that actually is the son. Rick Tyler did develop that ability to time vision, to look forward in one what, hour. what book was that, Aaron? Uh, in the l- previous to the last revamp, right. Rick, had, Rick had been an addict to Moraklo as well. And because of the android, again, it's all in the article, uh, because of the android from the future, that had been the ability that the android had because of the warlagog that was this thing that uh, Grant Morrison created. And he, before the android left into the stream, he gifted Rick with the ability. So it's been about 10 years. You might even, because tomorrow you're supposed to get DC 1 million, the omnibus. I think it might even have happened in DC 1 million. Okay. Maybe. And so he couldn't control the flashes. That was probably. And then about a year before they did New 52, um, he did get them under control because there was an ongoing book where Rick... Was married to Liberty Bell, and they were. And he was using the abilities, so he could see an hour in the future. He had a non-addictive version of Miraclo that uh, allowed him to have the strength for an hour. And that was Rick. That was the son. Rex was the original. Um, you know, Rex TikTok Tyler was the pharmaceutical rep who created Miraclo. Which then, in, in the nineties, James Robinson figured out must have been addictive. So the, you know, in the Golden Age stories, the Silver Age stories. Our man was not an addict, but he became one later. They retconned him into having been addicted. So the description could be that it's a non-costume character and it's separate from Arrow and The Flash. Okay. But that frustrates me because the thing is that like Arrow has clearly, even though said they said they were not going to be the regular DC Universe, once you introduce The Flash, once right. you have superpowers, all bets are off. Well, There's no, no is, going back. And the reality is everybody wants to see the shows with the superpowers. This is my frustration with, with, with S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. And it is the pretending that it doesn't have, you know, that you show a superpowered person and he's not in a costume. And it's, you know, come on. We've already, we've already crossed that Rubicon. We already know people are going to dress up. Let them. Right. You know, so I don't know if Iron Man's going to be, but it did come on the heels of the creative team from Warehouse 13 is updating one of our favorite characters from the Pulps, The Avenger. Which has been reprinted under Justice Incorporated, or no? it Wasn't it? Was, the novels were reprinted as the Avengers.
3: I just had one more thought about Hourman. Our
0: Hourman. <laughs> oh <laughs> my <laughs> God! Yes, it's the Hourmans. The
3: Thunderman Hourman. Um, the Thunderman Hour. The the idea that they're doing some shows that aren't tightly connected to other heroes really feels to me like they're practicing. Like they've got yes. to get a couple things out that are not big bets. Yes. And just. It's almost like they're learning to make superhero shows.
0: Well, yeah, because you have Gotham on Fox, or in development at Fox. You have Constantine in development at NBC. Right. You know Guillermo del Toro is still planning to make Heaven Sent. Well, now they're officially calling Justice League Dark, which is Constantine, Spectre, Spectre. Demon, Swamp Thing. Right. Right
3: um you know so but even even those aren't the big three (laughs) so
0: no and and they can't get those right so um although next week we'll see the man of steel dvd is coming out next tuesday i do have a copy uh so hopefully i get a review up before the weekend look at the extras um you know and we'll see somebody posted somebody did an animated version man of steel the animated series where basically Superman comes in and snaps everybody's neck. <laughs> but it's all done in the Bruce Tim style. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so, nice. um, yeah, sad. But we'll see. I, I'm looking forward to it. So Ben Robb is one of the guys from Warehouse 13 who's updating the Avenger as a female, Alice Benson, which is the name of the daughter uh, in the original uh, Avenger. Richard Henry Benson's daughter, Alice, was killed. And now they call it... This is a new phrase for me, but... It's a brand new phrase. It's, but it's kind of stupid But phrase. I'm starting to see it everywhere. Biopunk. Yeah. Well, we used to add punk to everything yeah. to make it seem more But it,
3: What she has is something that has in the past been called cyberpunk, which yeah. is the cybernetic modification of... And it's
0: not the first time they did That, 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 that was the explanation when DC you know, updated Doc Savage, and they had a two-issue, I think... Um, the Avengers showed up in The Shadow when The Shadow went modern day for DC. Yeah. And then they did a two-issue, I think Kyle Baker was the artist, on a two-issue miniseries. I think it
3: was more than two issues, but yeah, they had, a, they had kind of a...
0: Well, no, no, that, you're thinking first wave. No, I'm thinking oh, way, okay. way, way back when. Oh, I back, see. Back in the 90s. The explana- uh, back in the 80s. Back in the, the 80s. The explanation was... They did Just a Sink. There that, was many issues. No, that was back in the 70s. Um, okay. And they had... Uh, he had a computer thing in his in his back of his neck and he would have cards that would uh, he would plug. The, the, they would then they would uh, electronically stimulate his face yeah and change it so I liked I liked the basic pulp conceit that the guy could just push his face into whatever he wanted I thought that to do. was pretty
3: and it made sense because like the the shock had deadened the, ner- the nerves that would move the muscles around and so they became my uh, two favorite exposures in the novels. were
0: like the one time that he, that he laughed and he couldn't smile because his fate was dead, and they see he's in disguise and they go, That laugh is so, so weird. Like they know it's the event. He's exposed as the Avenger right. because he's incapable of smiling as that person. Right. And uh, when somebody hit him and their fist, fist imprint, imprint stayed in there, and it's just like, Oh, you know, that was a clever series. I can't remember the name of the actual, it was co created by Lester Dent and Maxwell Grant. Uh, or sorry, Charles Gibson, who who wrote as Maxwell Grant right. and had created the Shadow, uh, but it was written by someone else, but still under the Kenneth Robeson uh, name. So it's always you know touted in the '60s and '70s as from the creator of
3: Doc Savage. And it's actually sort of. it's been uh, continued by Will Murray, who's written wrote a number of the, yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. paperbacks, and then there have been three collections of short stories by. Noteworthy uh, modern day authors, well, at least one from
0: Moonstone. Well, all three are from Moonstone. Oh, all three, okay. Yeah. Um, and Ron Goulart had actually continued it back in the seventies. The sci-fi author, right, right, had, you know, when they ran out because there was only like two years worth of, of uh, Avenger pulps. So uh, there's a lot of stuff, and you can float around, go to used bookstore, pick one up. It's great, fun. They're fast reads, and, and they're, they're really fun, and, and it is an interesting. Concept. He's got an
3: interesting crew because one of his one of the members of the crew is black, and uh, um, two. This is oh, his so husband, and wife team, right? Josh and Roosevelt. Yeah, and uh, so
0: I would say, you know, yeah. it was also pretty socially advanced. Uh, Pope, yeah. You know, I mean, there's still a lot
1: of there's still a lot of
0: bigotry them. in the portrayal of Josh, but the fact that they ex- that they a, they're equal exist members of the team, and they're equal members is is great. You know, yeah, so definitely. Um, and so we got that. And of course, did you watch uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., which next week will, I guess, be tying into Thor The Dark World? Is it next week or the week after next? I think it's I
3: think next it's week.
2: It's supposed to be next week, I believe. Yeah. So today is... It's supposed is to be, but the preview didn't look like it.
3: Taste the six. I thought it I thought it said the I didn't get 19th to see the preview. was the episode. Okay, well, maybe they're waiting so two weeks. So two weeks so that, that more would make people sense That Thor. would make sense. Because uh, the preview sure didn't look like it was going to tie okay. into... Okay,
0: well... I don't think it's going to be obvious that it ties in because I'm racking my brains, and no spoilers here, but trying to figure out, at best, the connection has
3: to be tangential. And they said there will be no characters tying up. Let's talk a little bit about S.H.I.E.L.D. Last night. Because the spoiler I want to bring up is something that happens in the first 30 minutes, so we're not really spoiling the whole show. Okay. We can talk a little bit about this. And my my big problem with the show so far. Okay. And that is that I think it is the Marvel Universe's um, Warehouse 13. That mm-hmm. they're going around and picking up artifacts and dealing with the deritis of superheroes in New York, in the world. Um, the idea that the, the problem this time starts from a Chathari helmet left yeah. over from the attack on New York. Now, first thing, the, uh, and I don't have a real problem with what actually happens with respect to the helmet, but that was a big battle. There yeah. were a lot of warriors that went down in that city. Yes. The idea that New Yorkers wouldn't scramble out and pick up because there were well, still a was lot of people. that was the short
0: film on the Avengers Blu-ray.
3: Which was? Weapon. 42. Right. Item 42. Okay. Item 42 was. And Which it had a one of shield things. agent
0: that was used last night. But it I'd just be over. thinking
3: there'd be so many bits of.
0: of and if, well, now that we bring it up, here's my question. How does any being on Earth know they're called the Chitauri? Iron Man told Boom. them. Boom. When did Iron Man hear they were called the Chitauri? Thor told him. Maybe. Actually, I'll buy that explanation. Yeah. Because I think it's clear. Certainly, once you see the Dark World. Yes, the Asgardians know all. Right. They know who everybody is. Right. So, which makes sense because Loki is obviously working with them. So right. they must know. You're right. Okay. Thank you. Thor must have told Shield. Yeah. <laughs> And then Shield told the New Yorkers yes, what I can do tonight.
3: Sleep. There you go. Uh, All right. <laughs> happy to help.
0: How did they know?
2: But How? the
3: I I think I don't I don't necessarily like I think on Warehouse 13 the the MacGuffin there got tired really fast. It's like okay. trying to guess what the artifact is and what its effect yeah. on people is, and, and and agent's getting affected by artifacts. And I really want them to break away from this yeah. this this twist so fast, and I, they really need to do more episodes. Well, and that's
0: what I feel, is like, I want to see, as we've said, and I, at this point we can say, if you have the Iron Man 3 Blu-ray, Dave, you must, the Iron Man 3, uh, the Agent Carter short film, and they've said they're going to develop Agent Carter as a television series, then I want to get to that, where if that's where they're going to go, um, you know, if like for the end of the first season, I want to see things that break, up. I don't want it to be Freak of the Week, which is what it has been, right. like, this plagued the beginning of Smallville, And I think Smallville held on to it too long that you have a pattern. And they haven't really done a great job yet of breaking from the
3: pattern. I want some arcs. I I want them to deal with espionage. And I think
0: they are beginning that by establishing the big bad of whoever is behind Centipede. Right. Um, The rising tide kind of got dropped last night. So there are are pieces that I think are going to come together. And I'm glad, and of course I wasn't going to turn my back on this show, even though I wasn't enjoying it as much as I wanted to. Um, I think it's getting better, but it still, it does need to, I, you know, yes, I need to see this. I, I want to see an episode, give me a one-off that has nothing to do with the mysteries. Right. The ongoing mysteries. I don't want this, I, I don't, give me an episode where somebody
3: doesn't make a reference to Colson having died. It's funny because last night's episode was really almost like two different shows. And yeah, when we were hitting about the 28 minute mark, Justin, who didn't see a clock or anything, said, "Wow, this really was a this feels like it was a very fast episode because it was kind of resolving the way yes, so many you think they're going to yeah, resolve they gave a nice twist so with, I think it was a well written so, episode. but the second half was terrific yes the first half. And that's More what makes the it same. the best
0: episode I've seen yeah. is because that second half was exactly what I want to see. Yes. Give me the characters. Give me the characters I care about. Stop trying to throw some down my throat like the Sky-Agent-Ward relationship, right. which isn't turning out to be that interesting. But the reality is any series that starts like that, you have your best laid plans, and the reality is is you, when you're developing a show, you have to be willing to throw those away because something doesn't gel quite the way you want it to. Something doesn't click. And here are the things that click that it took six episodes for what was obvious from episode one. Fitz and
3: Simmons need to be together. Yeah.
0: You know, <laughs> it takes them six episodes to figure that out. When we figured it out from the name. They
3: talk themselves into figuring it out. During, yeah,
0: yeah, you know. You know um, and Colson's thing, and this is why I don't think he's an LMD. He has the scar. Yeah, he remembers being dead. Yeah. And, I mean, that's more... I'm Programming. Gonna, <laughs> you... <laughs> All right, we're going to have a big bet. We're going to have to come up with off-microphone. off, off microphone. We'll come up with a good bet. Okay. And then we'll, we'll announce it on the podcast, and we'll go through with whatever it is okay. <laughs> when the time, when the revelation comes, what happened to Colson. Clark
2: Gregg said himself before the show even started, haven't you
0: ever heard of an LMD? He didn't know what the answer they were going to give. Okay. <laughs> that was something he said when he was saying, like, "Can I can come back. Yeah. Not before, not when they had actually announced that he but was. They was don't,
2: but it was done. They didn't have to announce it just because they were done.
0: Uh, yeah, maybe. We're going to come up with a good bet. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Rick added a note to my thing. So i are gonna talk a little bit about video games because I, I did start playing the Fables video game, The Wolf Among Us. Yes. Which similar to the other Telltale games, I love the animation. It's a good storytelling game. Interesting plot with it with some new little corners of Fable Town. Um, overall for season pass is twenty bucks, and I thought, you know, for a graphic novel, you'd easily spend that for a you know, a hardcover of Fables would be twenty five bucks or thirty bucks. So I was happy with that purchase, but I'm still playing Chapter 1 because I keep getting distracted by Infinity. I I want to build my Hall of Heroes. But Rick, and I noticed this today on io9, uh, added that there's a Jane Austen massive multiplayer online role-playing game. It's being Kickstarted. All right. Where I understand, instead of weapons... Right. They're using gossip. Yes.
3: Um... I think this is this is wonderful because it validates the form for more than just right now. The only massively multiplayer online. If anybody, games.
0: by the way, would like to come down here uh, and slip Rick a cup of testosterone.
3: We'd love that. I didn't say I was going to play it. I appreciate. Oh, oh I, you say that. I appreciate things that make other people happy. It's going to be a bonding experience It's going to be a bonding experience. Come on, wife, you're, you are a director uh, of fine Nate, arts. Nate? It's on you the checklist. You have to understand how popular and how wonderful Jane Eyre is for so many Officially, people. Officially, I'm a director of VAPA. VAPA. Okay, fine. Visual and Performing Arts. There you go. Yes. But but what's your take on Jane on the popularity of Jane Jane Austen? Oh, Jiminy Christmas!
0: Everybody loves her. Yes. Okay and so
3: the idea that the idea that you can adapt something like that to something that's typically been associated with um, <laughs> with people uh, shooting other people from long distance and then crouching over their bodies rapidly <laughs>
0: that that we now have a an elegant uh, that va- would that would make Jane Austen more interesting to me
3: yeah well, they don't do that they do the halo and other um, there are soldiers in pride and prejudice I've read it, yes indeed, but then zombies probably not going to be doing you know. Desecrating your corpse and Jane Austen probably not the the idea that, that this probably. is this is now this would validate it for so many more things that you could that you would open up people 's eyes to uh, to doing more virtual virtual worlds and and allowing people to you know the idea that you could um, for example, there have been a couple of times when people have had uh, online conferences mm-hmm. so imagine if you could go to um, a virtual comic-con and you're there in with which all i kinds think of people. is gonna happen i, I think how it will long do you have too. to
2: wait in line at this virtual Com- you don't have uh, to wait
3: in line ever because every room has more has an infinite with, amount of but with, space no, but with your luck the and game, all the seats are front row center
0: the uh, panel will will just start and your internet will go down <laughs> you will lose connection um, no, because actually Facebook is trying to do that. There is a Facebook Comic Con and I don't understand Second Life, it.
3: Second Life was trying to do it yeah. uh, way
0: back when. And, and I think yeah. you know, I no, I think that there there's room for that. I think it's fine. I think it's funny that I just think it's funny that there's a oh, Jane the gossip is the weapon. <laughs> exactly. It totally makes sense to me. And I mock. But um, And you're
3: gonna get dressed up for different events and No, yeah, I I think no, it's great. But, it,
0: but I could see that. I mean, because I, I have definitely seen that like with um you know, I have a, a a daughter and a son and watching the difference in the way they approach video games and both equally enjoy like my daughter complained my same complaint dad. I'd love to play infinity, but I just don't have time. There's so much work to do. And I go, Oh, I'm so sad that at 14, that's where you're like, (laughs) you know where it is. Yeah. But, but she's right. She's totally right. But I knew when she was coming up, the games she liked that and the aspects of like, even if you play city of heroes and there were character creators, I wanted to quickly create a character and get out there and start punching. Right. But I know that there are people in MMORPGs that love all the accoutrements. Tweak everything. What color are my fingernails? Yes. Yes. My daughter would play the Pets Cats game. And yeah. that thing, it would be like you'd set her an hour of video game playing, and it would be setting the length of fur for an hour. Totally. And going back in and changing. So I know there are people... There are people
3: that, who play those games and just create characters so you can, they can show off their character designs to other yeah, people. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And that's... And, and that... That doesn't appeal to me, but I totally get why it does yeah. to others. So I think that's, that's a great idea. Um, and I think the idea of being able to explore other novels, because the, thing yeah. the reality is we are seeing more and more games that are becoming. It's an art form.
3: I would love, I would love a Riverworld MMORPG. That'd be awesome. That would be so wonderful, just to be able to meet anybody in time. and That'd be awesome. And on the, on the flip side, you know Marvel launched an
0: MMORPG. Nobody's talking about it. Hmm. It launched in June. Did any of you guys play it? It It's something. I got
2: emails about it, but I never actually. Because we talk about the
0: DC universe, like you know, Sony's going to do a big, uh, a new rollout of DC Universe Online for PS4. Yeah, and it's one of the things that makes me curious to maybe even consider getting a PS4. I don't, I don't think I need to for a while, but. But that was one of the things I think, oh, yeah, so they're going to redo that. That's interesting. Um, and Marvel, like, I talked to those guys at Big Wow, and I said, well, you know, hey, get us beta. because goes, no, we're about to launch. And then it's just sort of like, thud. I don't know anybody. What they who's playing showing that at Comic
3: Con, too? Yeah, I don't yeah. know
0: anybody that's playing that. So, but I still like Superhero Squad. I still play that online. I think it's a fun game. Yeah. But, you know, just weird things. Yeah. Um, so maybe the Marvel MMORPG went with the Affordable Care uh, online site. So uh, you know, together that's bad political commentary, right there. I think they're. I just know g- it right at this time. You know, you leave this in. I want my
3: pain to show. <laughs> um, so have you tried it? I got on it today. I was just playing around. I don't need it. I've got Kaiser. I, uh, I, I just. <laughs> I was tired of hearing people in a in a forum say that that it was broken. I went. I logged in. I was no, able to get to the. You forums. know. You know.
0: We're getting the run. You know. Yeah. People are getting. People are just listening to both sides, you know, I, and that's not our job to yeah. be political commentators here. We talk about things that are really important, like superheroes, indeed. And like you can listen to us on iTunes. Maybe you had, if you did, please rate us. Please, re, you know, please review us. Please subscribe. Uh, you can listen to us on the Stitcher app, please. And by the way, Stitcher app has added reviews, too, so you can go in, oh, cool. review us, and rate us on Stitcher.
3: Can they rate them in, rate us in the uh, plug-in on the page? I don't know if they can from the plug-in,
0: but they, okay. just, they just launched us, and I haven't had a chance to explore. Uh, you can, of course, find us at www.fanboyplanet.com, where you will also find a little PayPal app. And I'd be very, very grateful.
3: And all the wonderful articles Derek has written that I haven't read yet. <laughs> Not that many this week, but that's
0: okay. Uh, but we, we have a lot, a lot of stuff that came out of New York Comic Con that I'm, I, from uh, Deb Dresden did some interviews, and they're going to be coming up in the next week or so. We've got the dynamic cosplay couple, uh, Lonnie Carissa Wong, is writing, and we've got a lot oh, of cool. photos coming from that. Uh, so there's a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff coming out of New York Comic Con, and then we're getting ready for Long Beach. So hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to touch down to Long Beach for a little while. Nate's talking about... We're going to have our Christmas list. And then we're going to have our Christmas list. That's right, before Thanksgiving. So before Black Friday, we'll have our recommendations. So, uh, you know, absolutely pay attention. And say, if you see the PayPal app and you like what you're listening to, the reality is it still costs us to host this, and we're doing this for love, not money. But if you feel the urge to kick a little over. feel the love. Feel free to tip your waiter. And by your waiter, I mean me. But if you're here at Seven Stars Bar and Grill in San Jose, tip your waiter there. We thank Paul Cunha for hosting us yet again. I God bless them, because I love being here. And, uh, and our live studio audience. Which and we is have a live in. studio audience. It's been very quiet, but they're there. Yes, we had a live yes, studio audience. Studio audience. So studio audience. And then people who <laughs> wandered in are going, why, why are these people still talking? Everyone's um, facing away. <laughs> and <then laughs> and, <then laughs> and why are they amplified? Look over the shoulder. And they're talking nerd stuff. Imagine that in a bar Star Wars themed. So uh, anyway, we're going to go. We... You can pick things up at Amazon. And if you have any questions comments, compliments, commentary, criticism write into editor at fanboyplanet.com I'm Derek McCaw, editor chief of fanboyplanet.com
3: where's our man in Los I Angeles
1: adjuster. you jump
3: you jump in too fast I, I try that again We got a delay try it again Nate will do it You want me to go first: No I want Derek <laughs> to redo his and then and then give him your your, your give Stop you his talking space. so I can okay.
0: I'm Derek McCall, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com.
3: I'm Dick Costa. And I'm ever-so-patient Rick Snyder, reminding you to use your, your powers, powers only for good. For good.
1: So it may just be bitch. the three of us.
0: But we do have, um, even though the quality is probably low, we do have an interview with Chris Tallman to interject in. Uh, so that'll be good.
3: Have and you uploaded that yet?
0: No, I have not because I have not had a chance to take it off of my recorder. Okay. Um, but that's, uh, that's the one thing I will guarantee I will do tonight before I go to sleep and then hope you cut, like, I will try to awkwardly slice off the silly conversational parts at the beginning. It's just like, hey, how are you? I haven't talked to you in a while. Blah, 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 blah. blah. And then it, there's a point where we begin with, and now we're talking
3: to Chris Stallman at the. Okay. You know. Or or not. I can do that. Okay. So, yeah. Hey, you want to start, Nate? I think we should just go ahead and go.
2: Sure. Let's do it. All righty.
3: And a one.
2: Oh, actually, you know what? Before we start, Derek, huh, huh, huh. Uh, th- uh, there's a guy that I'm working with who did a comic and he's trying to get production, I guess. So I gave him, he's got connections already, like with Arkea and oh, okay. IDW. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I gave him my card and wrote your email on the back just oh, okay. to see if
0: yeah, we could yeah. interview him or something.
2: Sure. Anyway, so if you get an email from Dustin Godfart or something like that.
0: That's an odd name.
2: That's great. Yeah. Is that of
3: the uh, – <laughs> Is that Pittsburgh Godfarts or Lord Godfart? Is he, the, is he New really? oh, the
2: New Orleans Godfarts. The New Orleans Godfarts. Wow. They're vampires. <laughs>
0: Don't trust them. They're the originals. Uh,
3: all righty. All righty.
2: Okay, so now I'm ready.
3: Okay. And when I, when I point to you at – when you point, I will go. Three. Still my Two. favorite part of the whole evening. One.
2: Uh, listen
1: up, fanboy!
0: A phone conversation, an interview with him about the Thundermans, and about his time now joining the Wirtuse Players with, the, uh, with uh, Thrilling Adventure Hour, and the, the Dead Authors podcast, and more.
3: So you got that pre-recorded?
0: I've got that pre-recorded. So, so we should slip it in right here. Slip it in right here. That's right.
2: That sounded dirty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's it for the couple people listening uh, live. They have to listen to the podcast when it actually goes up, so that you can hear the Chris
1: Tallman interview. <laughs> Shouldn't
0: take my headphones off because Nate always says something goodbye. That's right. Hey, Goodbye, Nate. my friend Nate. Have
2: a good evening. I should I should mention that the uh, Fanboy Planet intern works across the street from me. What? And uh, Wait a minute, wait a
3: minute. Intern? We had an intern and, at one time.
2: Yes, she works across the street from me.
3: You mean Stephanie? No. Yes. Oh, no, Stephanie was never our intern. We had an intern, remember? Yeah, we did. And, and Lon scared her off.
2: Oh, I... No, she, she, she was, it was Stephanie before you were actually the on the... Uh, uh,
0: no, St- no, no, Stephanie was our lighting designer. And, uh, maybe she
2: was the new intern, as no, Lon no. always
0: described her. Uh, maybe he described it that way to you, but no. Yes, it's all right. Yes, you are working at... <laughs> you're working across
3: the street from what Stephanie?
0: Did, where did you say... What's the name of the place you're at right now?
2: So the place I'm at is called Synergy Lab. Okay. Which is basically... Like a warehouse slash storage space slash delivery area.
3: Yeah, it's where they have Walt's and. brain. His head. His head.
2: No, it's where they have Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man that flies around that he broke. No,
3: I can believe in Walt's head being there more than I can believe a flying Iron Man. No, I told you. I saw the video. Yeah, you both are, yeah.
0: No, look it up. Look not, it up. Not it credible. It's, it's, oh, please. Okay. Well, um,
1: you, should, you so, guys should have lunch.
2: Right.